Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Before he mounted a Senate run in 2020, Daniel McCarthy was pretty well known in the business world. The multimillionaire co-founded the beauty favorite, the Makeup Eraser, a washcloth to help remove makeup. He unsuccessfully ran against former Senator Martha McSally, and the run propelled him within political circles that gained him a lot of attention and a faction within the Arizona Republican Party, those who were looking for someone new. But not everyone in the Republican Party is a fan. During the yearly Arizona GOP meeting to elect party leadership, he was booed down and had to leave the stage. You're booing me. He's also been a supporting voice to the baseless claims that the presidential election was stolen from former President Donald Trump. We need to demand a recount in Arizona for our president. We will, we will not recognize Joe Biden as our president in Arizona. Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez, and I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic. In today's episode, we're speaking with Daniel McCarthy to better understand what his goals are for conservative politics in the state. As a note to listeners, You're going to hear Daniel make a lot of claims that are unsubstantiated regarding the election and just the political state of affairs in Arizona and the nation more broadly. Daniel McCarthy, thank you for joining us on The Gaggle. Daniel, you ran for the Republican nomination in the 2020 Senate race. And after your loss to then-Senator Martha McSally, you discussed forming a third party. You appeared at the GOP annual meeting in January, and over a chorus of boos, you condemned what you called a uniparty system that certifies false election results. So everybody knows you're conservative. So let's start with this. Are you a Republican today? So on paper, I am still registered as a Republican, but that's only because I'm waiting for the formation of the Patriot Party. I will never run for office as a Republican. I can't uh, because to your point that you mentioned, it is a uniparty. I, I didn't I didn't say something that was inaccurate. I said the truth. And the truth is, is that both Democrats and Republicans are working in tangent together. Um, and it's happening in such a way that they're rigging our federal elections. Our federal government has been compromised at the highest level all the way down. So we're in a predicament in this country right now where our founders warned us of this, that we now have two parties that are working together behind the scenes, uh, being used to basically instill communism in our country. And this is stuff that, you know, used to be considered conspiratorial or whatever, but now it's just a fact. I mean, all you have to do is just look at what's going on. Take, for example, this 
the, the, by the way, the Patriot Party is not a third party. It's a second party. There's currently only one party. They're working together. So th- what the Patriot Party is, is a, an option for constitutional conservatives, JFK Democrats, or, or independents that are fed up with both parties rigging the system and installing these socialist communists into our government. Uh, so let's take, again, as a prime example, my race is a, is a wonderful example of what took place. Uh, I warned everybody in August that they're rigging elections. It was clear as day that they were rigging our election. A bologna sandwich would have got over 30% against Martha McSally. I mean, so how is it that I get over 70,000 miles across the state and in Maricopa County, I got the same amount of votes in Maricopa County that Mike Crawford got and Joe Arpaio and, and um, uh, Jerry Sheridan, the conservative options for sheriff, they got 300,000 votes in Maricopa County, but yet uh, Daniel McCarthy somehow mysteriously only ended up with 100,000 votes in Maricopa County. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a CEO by trade, okay? I know analytics, I know numbers. I don't get involved in things I'm gonna lose. I never have, nor would I. So the challenge is, is that when I said this to everybody in August that they're rigging federal elections, I look like a sore loser. Come November, when they did it to Trump, and now everybody's scratching their head, even Democrats are scratching their head saying, yeah, this seems kind of fishy. Because let's face it, it's not like Joe Biden has any popularity whatsoever. This guy is like, this guy is a, a babbling uh, Alzheimer's patient. This is insane. So I don't know. The way I look at it is the Patriot Party is the only option available, and, and it's, it's fastly becoming an option as a party. I hope everyone comes out and supports the Patriot Party like I have. I'm a donor for the Patriot Party, and I, I, I believe in what their mission is, and I, and I hope their mission is successful. The group that is traditionally, at least in recent memory, been Republican uh, voting what is the difference between the Patriot Party as you envision it and the Republican Party as most people understand it today? Uh, great question. The, the, the Patriot Party is dedicated to one mission. It's restoring and maintaining constitutional conservatism in the state of Arizona. We have nothing to do with any other state. We want nothing to do with any other state. We're not tied to any federal uh, guidelines like the Republican Party is. We are dedicated to reinstituting constitutional conservatism in Arizona. We have a very clear mission. Uh, in comparison, the GOP has been working in tangent with the Democrats for many years to, again, rig elections and like, slowly chip away at our rights, our individual freedom and our individual rights. Um, if you look at our party platform for the Patriot Party, what you're going to find is a very rigid conservative platform. Conservatism works. And for those of you out there that are like I said, JFK Democrats or independents, what you're going to find is, is that the best solution for our country is very simple. Get the government out of the way. As soon as we get the government out of the way, our society runs beautifully. And and the the free markets clean up a lot of the problems that we're dealing with. But the problem is, is we're being taxed as soon as you wake up in the morning, you roll out of bed, you're being taxed as soon as you step on the ground. you're, You're being taxed when you brush your teeth. You're being taxed for the gas you put in your car. We're now being taxed to the extent that every dollar you make is basically being confiscated. And this is how a society crumbles because as they're, all, as they're ripping us from our money and they're stealing our wealth, in addition to what they're doing, is they're overspending on our wealth. It's not like they're being responsible. It's not like they're taking our wealth and being responsible with it. They're taking our wealth and then borrowing more money from China and other countries. So the reality is, is just like everybody knows that conservatism works. And that's why our republic, by the way, our republic has been so successful. 
That's why we've had the most innovation as any country has ever had in world's history. We have the 5,000 year leap because of conservatism. So the faster we get the government out of the way and the faster we get the government away from private citizens' life, the faster we're gonna get back to success and wealth creation in this country like you've never seen. Um, so that's how we're different than the Republican Party. The Republican Party is a sham. The Republican Party is a smokescreen for the Democrats. It's the same donors, same people. Uh, it, it's just a joke. So it's time to stop joking around because now we're talking about, for listen, we're talking about forced vaccines now. Forced vaccinations? This is an experimental drug. Women, women shouldn't be scared to go to a grocery store because they're not wearing a mask and they're gonna get harassed by some authoritarian that's never had authority in his life because the government has, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, created a culture of authoritarianism. This is this is not America anymore. This is this is uh, criminal. Okay, so Daniel, we, we we can get to that, but I wanna I wanna go back to what you were saying before in terms of this election, the 2020 election being rigged. Courts okay. across the country have um, shot down um, challenges that have been made on a variety of fronts, um, including fraud. And I, I just I have to ask, what evidence do you have to support that the 2020 election was rigged? Okay, let's talk about those cases. Those cases that were put into the courts were, were basically doomed for failure from the time they were put in. Those, are, those lawsuits that were filed were not filed in a manner for winning. Those were filed maliciously, it looks like. I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but I question everybody on both sides. Uh, uh, you know, all these quote unquote, like conservative heroes that are out there. It's not like I'm sitting back and trusting them either. I mean, it looks like a lot of the lawsuits that they put in place were doomed from failure. They were set up for failure. I know the court system really well. And what I'll tell you is, is this, I don't, I don't trust our judiciary. I don't trust our judicial branch. I mean, this is a judicial branch that's been corrupted for many years. You've got Obama appointed uh, justices. You've got Bush appointed justices. You've got a federal judiciary system that I don't trust. I don't trust our judges. So to your point, I understand what you're saying, but this type of crime, it's not like they just started this crime ring, you know, five years ago. They've been working on this Ponzi scheme for 50, 60 years or more. So Yvonne, with all due respect, let's face it, it, you think a crime this elaborate, you, you don't think they have it figured out, like how they're going to manage the courts? Like they know how they get, they, they know how to rig the system. These people are very smart people. They have trillions of dollars. They've, they've had power. These are elitist. They've had power for many, many years. This is called communism. They're instituting communism in the United States. It's not going to work. It's not going to work in Arizona. I'm not going to live under communism. My people are not going to live under communism. I guarantee it. So look at, I look at Arizona as the last stand. The smoke screens don't work with me, okay? Most Americans can see through this stuff. They don't, they don't, they don't think just because, oh yeah, there was some, some nonsense lawsuits filed. All you have to do is look at the results. How, how, did, how did President Trump, an incumbent president, do you know how hard it is to beat an incumbent president that has the popularity that President Trump had? And look, I'm not even, I'm not even sitting here advocating for President Trump. It's not about President Trump. I could care less about, about Trump. I'm not a big fan of a lot of his policies or what he did, but it's clear as day. The election was stolen and it was stolen for me in August. That's clear as day as well, because I can show you the analytics. I can show you the numbers. How did, how did Martha, McSally, Martha McSally was the most unpopular Republican in the state's history? She was McCain in a dress. And this woman somehow gets, gets more than, gets 70% against a guy that all I had to do was make sure no one else was on the ballot except for me and Martha. She couldn't even get on the ballot. I was on the ballot three weeks before she was on the ballot. I mean, it, it, people uh, can see through the nonsense. All right, I, your point there. 
um, in terms of making it on the ballot, you did make it on the ballot before she did. She was an incumbent. Um, Kelly she wasn't Ward. No, she wasn't, she, hold on, hold, Yvonne. She, she, wasn't, she was appointed she was, to the seat. So she, she had the seat. advantage of incumbency. She did not have any advantage of incumbency. She was appointed to seat after John Kyle was appointed to seat illegally. The number one lobbyist in the country was his lobbying was put on pause by Doug Ducey. Somehow that's mysterious. He held the seat temporarily so they could finagle the timelines. And then all of a sudden, John Kyle resigns temporarily. And then Martha McSally is put in temporarily. She she was a straw candidate. She was there to put in Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is okay. not a real senator. It's all uh, a game. It's all a right, joke. Daniel. So what does you, you have a litany of complaints against um, the Republican litany, Party, no, litany against of truth. litany of like, truth against um, those who lead it. What does the party here in Arizona have to do to win over conservatives like you who don't view it as pure enough? The Republican Party can do nothing to earn back my trust. They have completely lost my trust. They have, they have relinquished our federal government to communists. The Republican Party has deemed itself useless. The Democrats have deemed themselves useless. They've ruined our country. We're fighting against forced vaccine, vaccines on an experimental drug. Do you hear what I'm saying? I have four kids. I'm, I'm looking at my children and thinking to myself, boy, this isn't, we're not debating tax cuts anymore. We're not debating, um, you know, I mean, are you kidding? What, what, there's nothing the Republican Party you can do. To, that's why I'm, I'm donating. I, I have rearranged my life in every way, shape, and form. I will dedicate the rest of my life to fighting this fight in every way possible to make sure that my children get the republic that our founders gave to us. And the Democrats and Republicans, what they need to do is get out of our state. And all these people that are involved with this criminal crime syndicate, Doug Roscoe, you know, all these, all these criminals, they need to get out of our state. And the, the reality of it is, is that, listen, this is called crime. It's called treason. In many cases, it's treason. And, um, you know, one day, you know, people are going to be held accountable for that. That's how this country works. You, you know, the roosters do come home at some point. So my suggestion is, frankly, is, is that these criminals need to get out of Arizona fast. So, Daniel, it sounds like you're done with the Republican Party. We'll take you at your word on that. Tell us a bit about the Patriot Party. Uh, your folks are showing up at school board meetings. They are trying to recall GOP state lawmakers. Give us a sense of all the spectrum of activities that, that the Patriot Party folks are involved with and, and where else you intend to go with it. Sure. Well, let me start with this. A few days ago, the president of the Patriot Party, Steve Daniels, uh, one of my main confidants, this is a, a true patriot, this man was illegally arrested. And not only was he illegally arrested, this is a violation to the highest degree that we've seen in America in my lifetime. This is a man that was outside of a school board meeting, the lowest form of government, the bottom ring of our government. This is a man that was outside exercising his First Amendment rights, and he was arrested by city police. The city of Chandler, the city of Gilbert, the state of Arizona owes everybody in this country an apology. This man deserves an immediate relinquishment of any charges that are put on him. And frankly, I hope that he makes a lot of money from suing them. And I hope he makes not only a lot of money, I hope that everybody in this country realizes that this will not stand under any circumstances. That is a complete violation. What we're doing is we're, we're, we're giving the public courage. So what me, Steve Daniels, and all of our people, what we do is we say the things 
that are uncomfortable. We do the things that are uncomfortable, the things that everybody knows needs to happen. I have so many grandmothers, so many mothers that come to me in tears and they say, Daniel, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for saying the things that you say. Because a lot of the women in this country, they shouldn't be put into the position where they have to fight like this. This is, this is crazy. So what we're doing is we're just saying the things that everybody knows needs to be said. And I know it's confrontational or it seems confrontational, but we're not confrontational. We're peaceable people. I'm a, I'm a politician. I'm here to be elected to office. I'm here to serve Arizona in any elected capacity that we see that they see fit or I see fit. And we're here, we're here to, to peaceably uh, take back our state and take back our country. So what we're doing is, is that when we go to these school board meetings, we're saying the things that make a school board members uh, very uncomfortable for some reason, when they're trying to institute this critical race theory and indoctrinate our kids further and further, how, how long are we going to, how long are we going to sexualize our kids? How, I mean, how, how much further are we going to go with our children as we're, as we're brainwashing them with this, this, this evil? I mean, this is pure evil. You don't talk to kids about sexuality. I mean, I, I mean, why, why are we, what is this? This is, again, this isn't our country. This is disgusting. So I think all we're doing is just trying to class up Arizona. I mean, Arizona deserves, uh, this is a state that is um, uh, a, a melting pot from some of the best people around the country. I came from New York. Many people came from different parts of the country to be here. And all we're doing is fighting back against this communism, this evil communism. Shifting gears a bit, the Arizona State Senate has a ballot review that's going on at the Coliseum. And a lot of election administrators think that it's farcical. A lot of conservatives think that it's about time. Do you think that this ballot review is an honest effort to determine how Maricopa County voters voted last year? Uh, I don't trust anything that the Republican Party does. I think it's a, I think that audit is a smoke and mirrors campaign to raise more money for the Republican Party. That's what it looks like to me. They're not even auditing the down ballots. All they're auditing is the president, which there's no constitutional authority to even overturn the election with this audit. So what it looks like to me is another distraction by the Republican Party. I'm not impressed. I hope they find fraud. I'm sure they'll only find the fraud that they're willing to change. But again, it looks like they're just providing a smoke screens for Republicans to continue business as usual and pass a budget that spends more of our money, more of our tax dollars and frivolous spending. And also what it's allowing them to do is continue with these mandatory vaccinations, continue with pushing this, this culture of communism down our throats, all the while while they're giving false hope to good, good salt of the earth people thinking that this audit's gonna do something. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I said it on Infowars, I've said it, you know, I said this months ago. I'm all for them finding corruption, but let's face it, I don't trust any of them. So all they're gonna find is what they're willing to fix. All they're gonna find in this audit is probably some, some changes that they, they'll game out anyways. What we need to do as a state, and I'm, please, if, if, if you're listening to this, Arizona, trust me on this. I don't care if you're a hardcore leftist, you gotta trust me on this. We need one day, one vote on paper in person. We need to do that immediately. We need to get rid of all machinery, all internet connections. We need to go back to a basic voting system, at least for a couple of election cycles while we sort this out. That's the right thing to do. The fact that we even have to question our voting tells you that we need to go back to a very, very basic streamlined election. And that's the other thing the Patriot Party is gonna do. So if you're listening to me right now, the Patriot Party, by allowing us to become a party. So if anybody listening to this, if you jump on and you help us out, go to stoptherhinos.com. 
If you go to Stop the Rhinos, StopTheRhinos.com or PatriotPartyAZ.com, and you come help us out, what's going to happen is, is you're going to give good patriots access to the adjudication rooms this next election cycle. As you guys probably know, we have a recall effort that's going to be, it looks like, I'm knock on wood, very successful. And we're going to keep on bringing Arizona back to the ballot box because the faster we get Arizona to realize that our voting seems to be fraudulent, the faster we can get to fixing it. And we need to fix it immediately. And again, this says it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your political, where you are in the political spectrum. We should all have a confidence in our elections. That's the right thing uh, as Americans to, you know, this, this whole freedom thing is hollow if we don't have elections. Daniel, we wanted you on the gaggle because we think that you reflect the political views of a lot of conservatives in Arizona and really the U.S. more broadly uh, to a lot of non-conservatives. They say that, you know, you think that COVID was fake and QAnon is real. Uh, They don't take you seriously. What do you think the left doesn't understand about people in your corner? Well, that's it. I, I really appreciate the question. Um, I think that I, I don't think that COVID isn't real. Um, I, I I think I have I've had people close to me uh, that were affected horribly. I, I had a, a business partner and a friend that passed away from COVID. I know I know the extent of COVID uh, at a, on a very close level. Um, what I don't believe in is that we should lose our individual rights because of a virus, regardless of how bad that virus is. I don't believe that people should be forced to put a, a muzzle on their face because there's a virus. And if I choose not to wear a muzzle on my face or the government on my face, that's my choice as an American. And that's where the difference comes in. I, I, don't, I don't have any disbelief that there's a nasty virus going around and I hope that it's eradicated as quickly as possible. And, and so same goes with this vaccination. For all I know, this vaccination might be a medical breakthrough. It might be the best vaccination in the world's history. I hope it is. But it's still an experimental vaccine. And as an American, I have the right to say to myself and my family, no, we're not going to take that vaccine. And I should be able to go to a grocery store. I should be able to shop and not have to wear the Star of David in order to do that. So as far as QAnon goes and all these other, I think QAnon is a... Is a a, a psyop. I mean, I don't know what any of those conspiracy stuff is. I, I, listen, I'm a CEO for many successful businesses. I've had, I've created wealth in the state. Like, like I brought in hundreds of millions of dollars into the state. I'm a very logical individual. I, I don't believe in any, you know, false p- things. I, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust any government official. I don't trust the government period, Democrat, Republican, any of them. So as far as I'm concerned, individuals that are on the left that are so hardened by this propaganda that a lot of the media pushes out there, uh, it, it, it's it's really divisive. It, it, and frankly, it's kind of it's kind of concerning to me that a guy like me, that frankly, in the business world, everybody respected me. Your your newspaper covered me like crazy. I mean, I had a tremendous amount of of, of clout and respect in the business community, but now I get into politics, and it's like it's so divisive because I have an R on my name or. Or because I have a difference of opinion, it, it, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I love just as much as you love. I love just as much as anyone loves. So, as far as I'm concerned, I think that anybody that's hardened, such that they can't open up their perspective, and at least, at least have a dialogue in, in a respectable manner. What I mean, what happened in our country where we can't even talk anymore without it being, you know, this person, you know, it. it 
you know, this is, this is crazy. I, when I fought back against COVID, let me, let me tell you something. When I fought back in, in May and April, and we had those rallies, we had tens of thousands of people show up and down at the Capitol. When I was down there and I was leading those charges doing that, what I was doing is saying, the government has no authority to close our businesses down. That's just a fact. I don't care if, if the virus, I don't care if the virus is gonna, is gonna do a tremendous amount of damage. You can't close down our businesses because there's a virus. That's not how our country works. So that seemed like, I, I, I got death threats. I was told that I want people to, to die. I mean, people told me, people came in and coughed on me. I had people, I had hardcore leftists come up to me and cough on me because they, they said, we want you to die from COVID. It's like, guys, I've been shaking 50,000 hands around the state. I'm not afraid of a virus. I have four kids at home. I've had every virus you can have. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, this isn't serious, but at the same time, I'm not going to stop my life because there was a virus going around and nor should anybody be in fear uh, because of a virus that, uh, let's face it, it's going to either work its way through or not. We're all going to die. We're never, all of us are, all of us are not going to make it out of this world alive. So I'm not going to live my life in fear. I don't think anybody else should either. So that's, I guess that's my philosophy. That's how I think. I think a lot of people think like that. That's why you guys are talking to me. The reason you guys are talking to me is because like you just said, I represent the thoughts of, of hundreds of thousands of people in the state. We'll never know how many hundreds, maybe millions of people in Arizona I, I represent. And that's why I say, like, in all seriousness, like, let's face it, it's, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the CEO of the state at this point. I mean, most people, I'm kind of, everyone's listening to what I say and, and, and basically believing in what I'm doing. So we have the respect and the, and the love. It's, a, it's, it's such a love for Arizona. So when I go somewhere, I, I go out and people come up to me and, and just with so much love and, and so thankful. They're so grateful for the fight that we're doing. So I appreciate you guys saying that because I, I agree with you. I think I do represent um, the conservative movement, but I hope I represent more than that. I hope I represent the JFK Democrats that are not represented by communists. They don't want to be represented by communists. And I hope I represent those independents out there that are sick and tired of the two-party system as well because uh, it's a uniparty. So uh, right. I'm, excited to, I'm excited for it. All right, Daniel. Well, you obviously have been very involved over the last couple of years. Give us a preview of how you intend to um, be involved, influ you know, influence the elections in 2022, if at all. Well, I'm, I'm very seriously exploring the governor's race. I, I, I would be humbled and honored to serve Arizona as the governor. That's very appealing to me. I've obviously come from an executive background, so I've managed hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think the state needs that type of leadership where we can, as a governor, I, I, I could do in two weeks, I could clean the state up. We'd have, we'd have the most, we'd have the freest state. We'd have the most fiscally responsible state. And we'd have a state that everyone around the world would want to come to. Uh, we're already obviously attracting people from around the world. And if you put me into a position of governor, I think what would happen is, is that you would have a state that would be so vibrant and, and, and we would, we would work on things that you don't even, you can't even imagine. I mean, I would, I would fix our land issues. I would, I would negotiate our land issues. I would negotiate our water issues. Everybody, we, everybody be so in love with Arizona in such a way that it would be such a beautiful thing. But I, I at the same time, I'm not comfortable in a lot of respects because if voting isn't real, or if I don't have confidence in the voting, I don't want to put my family, my children, and I don't want to put all the people in my life back into that, that blender, uh, that is a campaign. 
if if it's just fake. And the, the Republican Party is doing their normal things. I mean, they're putting up their straw candidates. They got their new actors and actresses coming out of the woodworks. You know, so I've seen this so many times that for me, it's it, it's more sad than anything else to watch because I think I think Arizona. I'm in a position. I'm 36 years old. I think Arizona deserves a governor like me. And I think if I were governor for the state, it would be just a remarkable thing. It'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. I mean, it'd be, it'd be amazing, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of torn on the whole process because I think voting has to be fixed first one day, one vote on paper in person that needs to happen. Our state legislative body, our, our Arizona state senators and, and house members, I'm talking directly to them at this point, fix our voting. Stop going out there and acting like you're a hero by doing a speech somewhere. No one wants to hear your speeches anymore. Introduce a bill that, that has the parameters that I've sent to all of them via email and that I've just said to you guys. We've given them the we've given them the language to run. Republicans and Democrats alike, fix our voting. This is this is uh, it's treason. So fix it and fix it now. It's embarrassing. And then a guy like me can jump in and run for governor and, and watch what happens. If we have real voting, I, I'm very confident that I will win and, and, and win soundly. So that's what I would do if I'm going to run for office. But in addition to that, Yvonne, I want to say this. What we're going to do is we're going to help the best conservative candidates in every party. I'm going to help Republicans. I'm going to help Democrats. I'm going to help independents. I'm going to help, I'm going to help candidates all over the place. Because next election cycle, we're going to have people inside. We're going to have more of our people inside the state legislative body so we can keep on passing good laws. I want to thank some of our good state legislators out there that helped us pass 2111. Uh, the the uh, two one 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 was a great bill. Uh, two seven seven zero. Those are our people that worked on those and got those to the finish line. Now we got T.J. Shope, who's a who's a Rhino Republican, who's a fake Republican, who needs to get out of the way of our uh, our vac- our vaccine passport ban. We should not have vaccine passports should not be mandatory, and that's something that needs to be done today. But our governor obviously won't sign that. Obviously, but that's a whole different story. Well, Daniel, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us on the gaggle and, and for sharing your thoughts. We appreciate you taking the time to do this and we will let you run. Uh, thank you guys very much. Thank you for the questions. Great questions. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. We heard quite a few unsubstantiated claims from Daniel McCarthy there. Um, Everything from mandated vaccines to uh, a stolen election in uh, 2020. Um, You know, it's important that we hear from people like McCarthy. They do represent um, a faction, a portion of voters here in Arizona that really don't seem to necessarily be um, going away, but only seem to be getting rowdier and perhaps more influential. Ron, what sort of strikes you most about um, McCarthy's sort of operation and his potential next steps? Yeah, so I think that uh, this is something that is overlooked at your peril. If you are a Republican or even if you're a Democrat, you shouldn't just presume that the normal state of affairs is the way that the elections will play out in 2022. 
the fact is that there are a lot of people who share Daniel's passion and his disgust with what they see as the political status quo, where they really struggle to see any meaningful difference between Democrats and Republicans in terms of how it affects their lives. I didn't hear a lot of issue-based complaints. I heard something in there about taxes and such, but what we really kind of heard, I think, pretty clearly is uh, a high level of disgust. And in Daniel's case, he has resources to be able to mount independent expenditure campaigns. He may be able to harness enough support to try and uh, get a third party up and on the ballot. That would be something that would be problematic, certainly for Republican candidates up and down the ballot. It's the sort of thing that it, it depends on how committed Daniel remains to this whole thing. But I think the the warning to everybody is you should not just ignore that this element is out there. These are folks who have uh, a lot of grievances and the ability to uh, make their voices heard. I think one of the more interesting um, components of this is that these people are showing up at um, school board meetings and local meetings, and they clearly intend on um, making their presence known, making their politics known. And so I think it will be certainly interesting to see sort of where all this ends up, um, especially ahead of uh, 2022. I mean, they certainly will get a lot of earned media from um, some of the more um, uh, vocal and physical um encounters that they're going to be having at, at these school board meetings. And this is really where sort of government hits the road for a lot of parents who perhaps might not be politically engaged yet. I mean, if they're really sort of trying to just pay attention to what's happening in their children's schools, I mean, this is a very powerful entry point into politics for a lot of families. And so I think that will be really interesting to watch. And um we will be following uh, the Patriot Party as it progresses. Indeed, we will. That's it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And I'm at Yvonne Winget. Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez with oversight from Manny Lozano. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Also, be sure to check out Valley 101, an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com podcast that answers all your questions about the Valley. From silly to serious, you ask the questions, we find the answers. For The Gaggle, I'm Ron Hansen. We'll see you next week.